2: you're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. Welcome into the show. It is um a very special day across the world. It is Winnie the Pooh Day, apparently. The author of Winnie the Pooh's birthday, or I don't know. It's Winnie the Pooh Day. And that creates a real emotional connection for our own producer, executive producer, Tom... Pretty Daddy to Celestino because in his home, we call him Pretty Daddy here. He's Pretty Daddy in the world. He's Pretty Daddy to you, me, but to his wife, at times, he is Eeyore, which is a Winnie the Pooh character. So Tom is feeling particularly, you know, pretty daddy ish today, and we're going to celebrate with him in about 20 minutes. Tom, good morning. Happy Winnie the Pooh worldwide day of festivals and honey jars and really frustrated. Is he a donkey? Donkeys.
3: He is a donkey. Good morning, Bill. Happy
2: Friday, Junior, to you. I am not the one that calls you Eeyore. Eeyore, that's not my, that's you and your wife. That's your special love bond. True story. That really happened on more than one occasion. All right, happy Winnie the Pooh Day, and good morning to you as well. I'm going to see you in a week and a half, and I'm excited. We're going to get into Negroni.
3: Uh, I'm excited to see you, but I will not be getting whatever gonna, that drink is.
2: We're gonna get a Negroni in you. We're gonna it's a little bit of personal growth. You're gonna love a little vermouth, all right? It's gonna be great. <laughs> it's the color of cough medicine, but it tastes so much better. Uh, Ryan Harris is gonna be on the show. Longtime former NFL player, NFL analyst, broadcaster. We've got another rapid fire buyer sell, which Tommy loved. Love putting together. It's pretty long, I'm not gonna lie looks like a lot of work. I enjoy doing it, though. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was a- unable to go to work because the dog ate his homework. Excuse me. Sorry. I misread my notes. Pardon me. got There's too much ice in Portland. Okay. we I have something to say on that in, in a little bit. The Lakers show signs of life, but I think it's probably false hope. We've got NFL picks. We have a phone number for you, 855 212 cbs If you want to hit up uh, Pretty Daddy on uh, National – sorry – my wife corrected me this morning. On International Winnie the Pooh Day at Pretty Daddy CBS. I'm on their Sports Runner Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. I feel bad for the Dallas Cowboys. I feel bad for Jerry Jones. I feel bad for Mike McCarthy, who is not fired as the head coach, who will continue in his service of ineptitude. I even feel bad for Dak Prescott because it turns out the Dallas Cowboys simply don't know how to win. They They want to win. They want to be victorious. They want to succeed. The problem is the Dallas Cowboys have a sickness. In fact, the Dallas Cowboys are a sickness. And that sickness is a culture of idiocy, complacency, losing, whatever you want to call it. And the latest news, the fact that Jerry Jones, what's the expression? Can't see the forest through the trees. Jerry can't see the forest or the trees or the fact that there are trees. Or the fact that maybe there's a coach in Mike McCarthy who has had a historic level of postseason ineptitude coming off the very standard that would say that shouldn't happen, which is successful regular seasons. And I've obviously patted myself on the back so many times last week, I've actually bruised my right shoulder. It hurts. I'm patting myself on the back right now for telling you, for trying to tell you, it was going to be the Packers. Dak is going to choke. It's not going to work. There's a lot that is wrong in Dallas. There's a lot that's wrong in Dallas. Mike McCarthy is a huge part of of the reason that this team has not reached an NFC Championship game under his tenure, which continues a 29-year run. The Cowboys led the league in points per game this year at almost 30, and were fifth in yards per game. Dak Prescott was, again, we've seen this with so many QBs. He was a good quarterback, maybe a great quarterback in the regular season. Had a great season. And the culture, the sickness... The inability for this team to translate regular season, and it was an illusion. Didn't play anybody, but whatever victories to win 12 games again and again and again and again and again. It's actually three years in a row, and not be able to advance in any meaningful way is an absolute disgrace. Mike McCarthy in his four years was six and ten his first year, missed the playoffs. All right, fine. It's a restart. You're trying to figure it out. I got it. 12 and five in 2001, lost to the Niners in the wild card round. Twelve and five in 2022 actually beat the Bucks in the wildcard round, then lost to the Niners again. And this year is the is the final exclamation point. It's the moment where you can't make the excuse. Well, it was the Niners. It's the moment where you can't say, "Well, we've had progress." Because remember, last year they at least won a playoff game. It felt like maybe they were trending in the right direction. This year they went twelve and five. They were a force of nature, especially at home. And they played a Packers team that, if you're paying attention, was exceptional over the sort of the end stretch of the NFL season. But over its totality, the the Packers were okay, right? They were fine. They were, Packers, huge dogs in that game. Even Vegas didn't see it. And the fact that Jerry Jones doesn't understand, and I don't care who the candidates are, I don't care what the money is that you owe, I don't care what's going on in the universe, when you have Mike McCarthy continuously failing in the postseason, when it becomes a joke, a meme, when people out there who are Dallas Cowboys supporters, who hate people like me, who point out the obvious, are hitting us up and saying, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry, the Cowboys suck, it's my bad. When it turns out that Dallas Cowboys aren't a franchise, they're a sickness, they're an infection of loserdom, they are a team that whoever goes in there cannot figure out how to win. You have to start over. It's a culture issue. There's clips everywhere on social media, and you should seek them out. I can certainly retweet them or Tom can of Dan Campbell and what he's been doing in Detroit. And it's a lot of these, the, the postgame clip from the victory the Lions had is, like, really cool and interesting. But there's a lot of clips from him talking to his guys on, on, on social media over the last year or so as he built the team up, as he created a culture. It's so easy to say things. It's true, but it's easy if you're an analyst or a radio host or a critic or a fan to say the culture is this or the culture is that because culture is hard to define and it's nebulous and we're not there and we can't see it. So it's a really easy scapegoat one way or the the other, right? But sometimes things that are hard to define but true are so obvious, they smack you in the face. And the culture that has been created in Detroit is astounding, and you see it in these clips. And the opposite is true in Dallas, and it's astounding. And the fact that Jerry Jones doesn't know to move on from his head coach shows you that there is no hope for the Dallas Cowboys. There is no hope for the Dallas Cowboys. Their owner doesn't know how to win. Their owner doesn't know who to hire. That organization, that culture is a hot mess. And I haven't even gotten to the fact that there are a number of remarkably talented head coaches who are available. Bill Belichick is available. Pete Carroll is available, presumably. Mike Vrabel, who I'm a huge fan of. And by the way, would fit kind of the culture of what the Cowboys have done back in the day. No-nonsense, in-your-face, professional culture setter who's willing and able, he's a defensive guy, to bring in offensive coordinators of some renown. Runs a, a real operation, is available. Jim Harbaugh is available. Now, some of you have speculated. I've seen it. I get it. I understand it. The idea that, okay, Bill Belichick or somebody else must have turned down Jerry Jones so he's keeping Mike McCarthy. And that would make sense because I'm not a big fan of the guy should have to, like, get off the team bus. I would have let Mike, there wasn't a team bus. It was a home game. But let's just, for the sake of the analogy, I would have let him in the locker room. I'll let him in his office. I would have fired him that night. Mike McCarthy should not have been the coach for a few days as, as Jerry Jones tried to figure out what was going on, figure out who he could hire. The, the fact that that, they, that he has not fired Mike McCarthy doesn't matter if it's because Jerry Jones just decided this is the guy or because Jerry couldn't go land whatever target he wanted and decided, oh, my God, I guess i got to keep Mike. Because it's the same thing. It's, and this is going to be harsh, but it's a game of winning and losing. It is a loser who is the head coach and a loser by actual definition, who is the quarterback, who are just going to keep on keeping on. And by the way, Dak Prescott, they are not in a great spot with Dak Prescott and his contract. Pretty Daddy, correct me if I'm wrong here. I know you sent it to me this morning, and I'm going to do this all the top of my head. He's got, a, Dak, a year left on his deal. He has, and this is not always the case in the end, he has a no-trade clause in his contract. He makes a whole bunch of money, almost as much as Tom does. Was it $16 million? And they're between a rock and a hard play. So the other issue here, because you have difficult decisions to make, you have to win with Dak Prescott in the next season in order to make it easier on yourself to give him the money he's going to command. Because somebody's going to pay him. Somebody's going to pay him. And so it's not just about the inability for Jerry Jones to understand why Mike McCarthy is wrong. It's not just potentially about the reality that really good coaches look at this team, at this organization, at this culture, and they see what I see, which is a sickness of losing that can't be cured by even a remarkable head coaching mind. You have a a scenario here where if you don't bring in the right coach to get the best out of Dak Prescott, you're going to have to make a decision on Dak Prescott where he's still the same guy who teases you and is alluring and gives you that siren song, that mermaid music of excellence in the regular season, and then breaks your heart, dashes it upon the rocks in the postseason. And Mike McCarthy's the guy that's going to do that. I've already told you, we've already seen the debacle that is postseason football. And and by the way, don't look at the final score. We talked about this. I'm going to say it again. The Cowboys didn't just lose to the Packers. They got their asses kicked. They did. Sorry Sorry for the swearsies. Sorry, kids, if you're in the car. Not sorry to you, Jerry Jones. What a joke. I thought the Bears were inept. At least Matt Eberlews can kind of be like, I haven't been here very long. Mike McCarthy is not capable of winning these games that define whether or not these Cowboy seasons are successes or failures. Forget the 12-5 and record over the last three years. Forget the numbers on the offensive end. Forget the fact that the Cowboys—if you sort of like, don't. If you're my wife. No offense, baby. And you, you sort of don't pay attention. And you're like, well, I don't know. I pulled. I googled NFL standings, and I saw they were really high. And I, they played in this thing called the playoffs. They must be pretty. Oh, they only lost by a couple scores to uh, the Packers. They must be. No, they—they—they they, they suck. They're bad. They have a disease. It's called loserdom. They have a culture and a rot and an in- Even Bill Parcells couldn't succeed in this culture. You think Mike McCarthy's going to fix it? He is, from a coaching culture perspective, a wet noodle. I don't know why I'm picking on noodles all the time, but he is. That's what he is. It's over, Cowboys fans. It's over. It's over. I don't think you can win with Dak Prescott, but, like, I'd be interested to see if that would be different with Jim Harbaugh or Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick or Mike Rabel, Ben Johnson, who's the and he's obviously currently preparing, but Ben Johnson's the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions who have helped rejuvenate Jared Goff's career. And Jared Goff just went out and out Matt Stafford and won that game, right? There are people out. This is another part of the thing. It's not just the culture has to be fixed, though it does. It's not just you have DEFCON One here with the Cowboys because you have done the thing that's been so hard for so long. You've actually won games and put yourself in a position to win playoff games and then failed. The problem is that you have to fix Dak Prescott. You can't move on from him, at least not in the next year. He clearly turns into some kind of a pumpkin, right? I think it's a Cinderella reference. I don't really know. When we hit the playoffs, it obviously doesn't work. And the reality is I can sit here, people like me, and I can harp on how Dak sucks when it matters, and he's not the real deal, and he chokes. And by the way, all those things are true. But human beings aren't static. They're not static. There's an expression that people don't change, but they kind of can. It's just really, really rare. It's really rare. Last year, a year ago, we were having the same conversation on the NBA side about, about Nikola Jokic. We're now having about Embiid. And it was legit. Okay, you're great. Well, MVP's analytics, great. Are you going to win in the postseason? You know what Joker did? He went and he finally won. I'll go on the Wayback Machine, and some of you will be too young for this. Tom, you might be too young for this. John Elway was sort of a punchline. This is before social media. But John Elway was, was Dan Marino. I remember, uh, I feel bad about this, Make he was a jerk though, making a kid cry in seventh grade at uh well Bonsey High School or was it Gregory Middle School no it was Gre- Gregory Middle School Naperville Illinois what's up Golden Eagles They were the Golden Eagles I don't remember because I told him that John Elway that he, had, he had blown another playoff game was never going to win a Super Bowl John Elway won 2 at the end of his career and everything about how we view him and we should have changed people can flip these scripts these things can happen that's the amazing thing about sports you can go out there And you can will your way through your greatness and your excellence and your talent to some success. Dak Prescott has everything he needs except the ability to do it when it matters. We know it doesn't work with Mike McCarthy. We know that combination is disastrous. We know that it leads to failure. We know that it leads to ineptitude. We know that it leads to people like me betting a whole bunch of money on the Packers because it's a lock that the Cowboys can't even win. Forget the line, the money line. Mike McCarthy's not the guy. You can't get rid of Dak Prescott next year. You don't have much of a window. What in the holy hell is Jerry Jones doing? He doesn't know. It's a disease. It's a sickness. The Cowboys aren't America's team. They're the team of loserdom and ineptitude in the National Football League. And I got no sympathy for them anymore. I don't want to hear you people complain to me about how I'm mean to the Cowboys. They did it to themselves. At a certain point, when your buddy is in a bad marriage, I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't want to have dinner with him. I'm not going to go on vacation with the guy because I don't want to see him and his wife scream at each other all the time. That's the Cowboys. They're a hot damn mess, and I'm over it. And they don't deserve any sympathy or any victories or any wins or any America's team garbage. What an absolute joke. I don't know if you can with Dak Prescott. I know you can't with Mike McCarthy. I don't know if you're going to be able to figure out what to do with Dak's contract. I know that you can just fire McCarthy, and they didn't do it. What a joke. What a clown car. What a clown show. Jerry Jones, bro. Move over. Let your kid take over. I'm done. What a—I don't even like the Cowboys, and I'm pissed off. 855 212 cbs Now, by the way, Tom's got a good take on this, and I'm being serious. Tom's got a really good take on the Cowboys. Heath—and I don't think he's wrong— I just think it's all true. But Tom, I just put my eye on Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones. Tom's going to go after somebody else in that Cowboys organization. Pretty Daddy's mad. He doesn't give a you-know-what if it's Winnie the Pooh day. He is coming for Dak Prescott, And we're going to talk about DeAndre Ayton. You know, get some some boots, bro. Walk to work. All right, all that's next here, CBS Sports Radio.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
4: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Welcome back to Writer Than You. That's what Jim Harbaugh wants. He wants to be able to flout the fact. Flaunt flout? He wants to be able to, I'm thinking of Fluter. I'm thinking of that character from my, <laughs> I threw in the I, Little Mermaid. I went with it, man. You're Why like, don't you correct you're me?
3: you a lot smarter look, than me. I look. was like, I, I'd never heard of that one. What word. he wants to
2: do is he wants to flout. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got to look Flout. That <laughs> flout. I'm done with the words. On CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> All right, welcome. Thanks, Tom. Welcome back into the show. Uh, this portion of the show is sponsored by the new Hyundai Tucson, available with complimentary class. Leading Blue Link Plus, now it's easy to use your phone to control your Tucson, even if it's hard for me to say words. Let's flout some calls. <laughs> 855, yeah, yeah, eight five five two one two four 4 We're going to get to a few of these. Uh, stay tuned. I, I had a really crazy dream about Tom uh, last week, and, and after a call or two, we're going to get to someone whose wife is an expert in psychoanalyze my dream. Uh, Let's start, though, in Idaho. Peyton, what is up, dude? Appreciate you listening to the show. You are on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Bill.
1: Uh, I was thinking that um, the Cowboys are just going to waste another year with McCarthy, even though this is the best open coaching hiring year that I have ever seen. Uh, they're going to wait another year until Coach Prime becomes available because I oh. think Deion Sanders is only going to be around in Colorado
2: for another year. Wow, that actually—you just smacked me in the face with like some insight or some perspective. I, my first instinct, Peyton, thank you for the call. Is no, 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 no. Nobody's, and I'm not trying to take shots at at Coach Prime, but it's a small sample size. It didn't go great in Colorado. I could be wrong on this. He could evolve. One of the right now, it sure feels like. His upside, and I think it's still there in college at Colorado, is his ability to recruit and to connect with young players, and, and to try to, the building, being a CEO, right, and and having the Saban thing, and having the right coordinators, and running a program. Aside from getting guys in the door, I think that's probably a place of growth for 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 Coach Prime. That jump to the NFL, he would fail miser he would fail miserably. What a disaster that would be, uh, Tom. You told me that we had a caller who who helped psychoanalyze the dream, and I, I I asked you what was the dream. I'd forgotten, and you told me, and it came back in a rush. So basically, a very quick story. And how, what was this? I I got a concussion, and I missed some time on the show. You got <laughs> mad and sold me out to the bosses, and all of a sudden, you guys all showed up in L.A. and you were my co-host. And they, it was like all the bosses were there watching, and there was a whole TV production, even though we we're a radio show. And there were makeup artists, and they were giving out drinks. And I was really mad at you, and no one was paying attention while we did the show. And then I think that the key thing was you didn't know what to say, so you're going, and then you had Ryan Hickey do the same thing. And I'm uh, like, I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm not helping. Yes, is that because right? you
3: were extremely upset with me.
2: All right, uh, this is gonna uh, stay out of my brain. Stay out of my, own. I want to stay out of my own brain. But let's just let's do this. Let's go to Atlanta. Jason is on the line, listening <laughs> on the Odyssey app. Jason, what's up, dude? You're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Bill, how are you? I'm good, man. Hit me with some truth. All right, well, hopefully you'll better yourself after hearing this,
3: okay? So oh, okay. Therapist, yeah. I had her listen to your description of the dream you had last week, and basically her psychoanalysis is that the rage that you felt toward Tommy in your dream is a defense mechanism against your feelings of shame and inadequacy that developed at some point along the way in your life yeah. Because you may have disappointed someone who is very important to you and whose opinion you value immensely. And these feelings are ones that could be evoked by a very important figure in your life, like a parental figure, or possibly someone you're deeply in love with. So and they could be one and the same. In other words, you may have pretty daddy issues.
2: Oh, that was what a mic drop. Wow. Am I in love with you? Is that what he's saying, Tom? Don't, don't don't like this so much. Just for
3: context, Jason in Atlanta is not a member of my family. I did yeah. not pay him to make this no, phone call, but I think we're on to something here. My, I think we're on to something here. It's a
2: new segment. It's called Pretty Daddy Issues. It's, you know, where you put me on the couch. <laughs> Do you think his wife really psychoanalyzed the dream?
3: Uh, it sounded like she wrote that all out for him.
2: Yeah. Can I say this, though? Doesn't that sound like the knee-jerk psychoanalyst response to every dream? That feels like like I'm watching a TV show, I'm watching the sopranos.
3: like why can't a dream just be a dream? Like why does it always have to mean something?
2: I'm sure it means something. yeah, we're best friends. We, and it sounds like it'd be more frustration with like work right but like that's not real, so like i don't I don't understand what that would be. I don't
3: it's know. Me. It's, it's me. It's this relationship right here. It's this <laughs> dynamic.
2: This, this perpetual so, roller coaster that we're on. I got to figure out who I let down and go fix that so i stop dreaming about you. But whatever inadequacies I'm feeling down there, I got to get it. I don't want don't, to. Don't, I like you. I don't want you in my dreams, okay? <laughs> Stay out of my dreams. Um, speaking of going to work, I'm going to give you a story here, and I may not have all the facts, which is always a great place to go at somebody. But... I am from Iowa. I live, I went to high school in Dubuque, Iowa, and the Chicago suburbs. It snows in those places. I have been through ice storms in Arkansas. I know what it is to commute on icy roads. You have to be careful. I understand all of those things. DeAndre Ayton missed the Blazers game last night because he couldn't make it to the game, Tom, because there were too many icy roads. Now... This is not a scenario where a bunch of guys from the team didn't make it or the game was canceled or anything. He, is just, he just didn't make it. And, and reportedly, the Blazers sent out a bunch of employees of the team to try and help him get to the game, and he still didn't make it. Now, now again, I'm not in Portland. If you're in Portland, you can like give me some insight if you want. You can call in 855-212-4CBS, Twitter, SportsWriter, Sports, i t e r. Pretty Daddy CBS is, is, is Tommy. Pretty Daddy issues, Pretty Daddy CBS. Bro, you got to make the game. you got to. If the game is being played, how many times have you come in to CBS Sports Radio because we, cause we're always on the air when it's been a storm and you just had to figure it out?
3: I'm sure several. Yeah, at least a dozen. Because you work for a living. I mean, there's one or two instances I actually slept in my car because I knew I wouldn't make it back into Manhattan. Slept in my car. You slept in your car. Yeah, because I knew there was no chance I would make it back.
2: That's dangerous. Just get a hotel room. Well, I mean, I didn't want to have to do that myself. I will pay for your hotel room next time. Ooh, okay. A lot of
3: snow predicted. I could, I could use, yeah. one of I could use Good. a hotel
2: room tonight. I'll pay for one now if you'll stay in the city and hang out. Mm, Go get in the oh, Hanging out was not a stipulation, dude. How does this guy not? How does this guy not make the game? Are what? a I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It I don't understand,
3: matter. and, like, I understand across the country is getting slammed with snow and ice and cold weather, so I don't doubt that the conditions were terrible. But at some point, they said they were working on this for hours. They sent out team employees to help him. I- I'm kind of
2: confused. It sounds like he didn't want to be at the game. It sounds like he was, like, his reaction was, I don't know anything. I could be wrong. His reaction was, um, why am I not in Phoenix? Why isn't it? Because you can make it. Look, I almost died in a in a car accident once in some ice. Like I'm not being flippant about it. Like I car slammed another car car slammed in me, whatever. Broken ribs, lung collapse, it was a whole bad deal. I'm glad I'm here, very blessed to be alive. But you can right, you can drive on ice if you have enough notice. They can send a snow plow and they can get you. I mean, this is a multi million dollar athlete that they will do what it requires to get you to the arena. You're telling me there's no way that he could make it, but every other guy, where does he live? Is he Elsa's, is that her name? Is he Elsa's neighbor? Like, how is the ice worse at his house? This doesn't even make sense. You know people in his neighborhood made it to work
3: that day. Like, they went
2: to their nine-to-five jobs. Blazers, DeAndre Ayton, trapped at home due to ice, misses game. I mean, come on, man. All right. Uh, We got another call and it looks like a pretty good theory on what Jerry Jones is doing. You want to hit this? Let's do that. This looks like a good call. Let's go to Pittsburgh, which, by the way, very cool city. They can have some ice. I got friend, my best friend's from there. You know, what he, you know, what he does when there's ice. He goes to work anyway. Andy, what is up, brother? Thank you for listening. You're on CBS Sports Radio.
3: Hey, pal. Um... I just want to say I think they're going to wait one more year at McCartney's last year of his contract, and Tomlin's contract ends one more year up here in Pittsburgh. They're going to just let him play out his contract, letting Snash Stoblin Tomlin up as soon as they can get his hands on him. I mean, look, yeah,
2: yeah, I like it, dude. Like, that's a great – sorry to cut you off. If that's the case, I will publicly – I will apologize. will re – if a year from now, right – if Black Monday plus seven days or whatever it is a year from now, Jerry Jones moves on from Mike McCarthy after the Cowboys go, you know, 13-4 and four and then lose by 40 points to the Bears in the opening round of the playoffs or whatever the hell it is, and then McCarthy goes away and, and Mike Tomlin comes in. Tom, you remember this? We will name the show Jerry Jones is righter than me for a day, okay? Jerry Jones is wow. righter than me for a day if he gets Mike Tomlin a year from now, if that's the long-term plan. But I don't think that's what's happening. And in
3: that scenario, because now you have a situation where Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott's contract are aligned here, you got one more year guaranteed with McCarthy and one more year guaranteed with Dak. They pay Dak. If you're bringing in whoever, if you're bringing in Tomlin or or, or our last caller said Deion Sanders, is your plan to stick with Dak Prescott and see what another
2: coach can do with him? I think that if Dak Prescott is willing to stay in Dallas, right, because someone's going to pay him all the money, he's going to be. The quarterback in Dallas. I, I I mean, Jerry Jones has had trouble letting go of quarterbacks in the past who were bad all the time. He's not going to be able to let go of a quarterback who's re- – and look, Dak Prescott is awesome in the regular season. And who – oh, by the way, teams. I, when I looked it up, this, Dak's only 30 years old. Yeah, no, he's got time. He's been around for what it feels like forever. Here's plenty of time for him to prove people like me wrong. Here's the other thing. Like My first – it's a really good call and, and appreciate the call out of Pittsburgh – my really my my first reaction to Andy's point was there's no chance in hell Mike Tomlin is going from one of the most stable football teams just in terms of their approach to things in the NFL in one of the best cultures to the opposite in the Dallas Cowboys. But if you're man, if you are Mike Tomlin and all you do is win, and you're out there like okay, I gotta rely on Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph or or, or if things really go badly, Mitchell Trubisky, right? I'm I mean Dak Prescott's a tempting, tempting notion. That is a that might get you a little a little excited about trying something new. The problem here's the other problem with Dallas. And this this is unfortunate for Mike McCarthy. I don't think it would change if Mike McCarthy were coaching somewhere else. You don't have a functioning front office in the way that you're supposed to. You don't have a professional front office. Oh I meant I'm sorry, Tom. Just jump in on me, bro. You know, like let's push past these pretty daddy issues. Um You had a great—you had a really interesting Dak perspective this morning that's not entirely mine. Like, your view I agree with. I just—I have a sort of a wider view of this being a—the Cowboys just being a cesspool of loserdom from a culture perspective. But your Dak thing I thought was—Dak McCarthy thing I thought was interesting.
3: I don't think Mike McCarthy is the biggest problem in Dallas. I think it's Dak Prescott. I think you saw Mike McCarthy take over the play-calling duties. Kellen Moore no longer in Dallas. He's with the Chargers now. And Dak had his best regular season ever. Dak was fantastic this year. There were points this season where we were talking about Dak as an MVP candidate. Mike McCarthy, look, would I have been outraged if he got fired? No. Because you can fix, to your point, you can fix the head coach problem faster than you can fix the quarterback problem. Dak Prescott is a bigger problem in Dallas than Mike
2: McCarthy. So he, I, I love it because I think, I don't know that I agree, but I might agree. I think Dak Prescott is a huge problem. Like, I think he is a, and again, it comes off as harsh, but definitionally, I just mean it in the sense he's a loser. He's not a winner. In the moments that matter, this is sports, right? This isn't tiddlywinks. We're, we're not at the school library where everybody's going to check out a book and do the best they can. We're not, that's a terrible example. My wife's a librarian. I don't know why I came with my brain. Uh, this is not, right? This this is somebody wins and somebody loses, right? There, there are, how many radio shows do we have at CBS Sports Radio? Six? I think seven, but I'm no bad mathematician. Math. Every one of the radio shows can be good. Every radio, one of the radio shows can be bad. But but what I do has no bearing on the excellence of Maggie and Perloff or the Zach Gelb show or Bart show or Amy show or JR show. Right? Like, and and the, and the reverse is true. Like when those guys do a great show, it doesn't mean that I'm guaranteed to do a great show. We're not competing. We're a team, but we're a team sort of, sort of in separate spaces. In the National Football League, there's a winner and a loser every week. And there is a this thing called it. Uh, I almost swore. I'm so frustrated with the Cowboys. There's a there's a there's a tournament, Tom, and and somebody wins and somebody you can measure these things. Dak Prescott's a loser. Mike McCarthy's a loser. I think they're both a problem. It sounds like you're a little soft on on McCarthy. Sounds like you're a little, you know, it's all going to be okay on McCarthy.
3: I mean, what did Mike McCarthy change in the playoffs? Did they come up with a completely new scheme in plays? Like, that Dak Prescott couldn't come to the same page as C.D. Lamb? Like, I think Mike McCarthy has gotten the most out of Dak Prescott. Like, Mike McCarthy didn't throw
2: those interceptions. I mean, Dak Prescott has always been a talented quarterback. He's always been a talented quarterback. And the thing is, you went and you hired a guy. It's like it's like McCarthy is the perfect coach to bring out Dak Prescott, what was already there. Like, you want him to be better offensively? Check. You want him to impress in the regular season? Check. You want to win games and and raise the expectations? And by the way, put them in a much easier position in terms of succeeding, because you're going to have some games at home, and theory someday might have a bye? Check. You're going to fail in the playoffs? Check. I mean, Mike McCarthy is more than capable of being bad, of being disappointing, of it not working out in the postseason with whoever he has. And it's not like Dak Prescott wasn't good Before the guy got there, I'm trying. Like, didn't he have a 30 touchdown seat? Yeah, he threw 30 touchdowns several years ago, and McCarthy wasn't there. I don't know, man. Like, I hear what you're saying. I think that they are two peas in a pod. I really do. All right, let's go to. I love when we get calls from Arkansas. It is cool. I've lived a lot of places. One thing I like about the show is is that we get to do this, Tom, in a lot of spots that I have some connections to. I lived in Little Rock, Arkansas for two years. Went to the Buffalo River all the time. Still go back and do some floats sometimes. Scott's on the line in Arkansas. Scott, appreciate you, man. Thank you for listening. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Hi, how's it going, buddy? What's up, bro? Not a whole lot. Hey, got a little, uh, little idea here I just thought
3: of. How about a trade for Dak Prescott
4: to Denver for Russell Wilson?
2: I mean, again, like, just like our guy. Thanks to the guy in Pittsburgh. My first reaction is, hell no. And then it starts... It takes a second. I'm like, you know, yeah, maybe. I don't hate it. I don't hate it for anybody. Who would you? Okay, this is the, your life depends on it. Your, your, your life depends on a conversation, Tom, which is obviously very stark. But Scott brings up a great question. And this is not outrageous. If the Cowboys were really down on deck and want to be done with the last year of the contract. And the problem is the Russell Wilson contract. It's not any better. It's not great. And there's some like realities, like when he's on, when you know when he's on the roster and what sort of what it means. And you, I, I'm presuming you would have to be committed to that if you're okay, if you're Dallas. But Dallas is dumb, so maybe they would do do something like that. But just from a pure football perspective, your life depends on winning a playoff game. Okay, your team is a one and a half point favorite, and they're playing at home. The team that your life depends on, your life, your ability to continue on this on this earth. Do you want Dak Prescott or? Russell Wilson quarterbacking that team.
3: Russell Wilson, man. Me Russell too. Wilson. That's my reaction. Now, he's he's four or five years older than Dak. Yeah. And, and to your point, that contract is not any better. In fact, it might actually be worse.
2: I kind of like, dude, Arkansas, man. They, they, they get it down there. I kinda I don't like,
3: hate this trade proposal.
2: I kind of don't hate it either. Does that just mean I have weird Thursday energy? No. I, I feel I, like I should hate it.
3: From a Broncos perspective, I don't know if I love it. I like it from a Cowboys perspective. Well, I
2: mean, Sean Payton can't stand his quarterback deck, as you noted, is 30, it would be, man, it would be a really, it would also be a really interesting way to measure not just those two quarterbacks if they switch places, but those two coaches if they got to switch those quarterbacks. I I have zero confidence. It's interesting. I have a lot more confidence in in, in Wilson in the playoffs. I worry about him in that locker room because he's kind of a, he's kind of a weird, he's a goofy guy. He's a goofy guy. All right. Um, this is fun. If you want to call us, 855 212 I'm also really excited. We're going to do NFL bets, but I'm really excited because I looked at the calendar. I have a, I have a very uh, complex Google calendar, Tom. That's how I organize my life. I have a lot going on. And uh, I'm in New York in a week and a half, and something jumped out at me. That is a moment for you and I, together, to soccer. We are going to soccer together when I'm in New York. And I'm going to propose this to my, my friend Tom, uh, who psychologically wounded me, apparently,
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
2: Welcome back to Rider Than You. Pretty Daddy thinks it's his show. I don't like I'll say Rider Than You and he'll be like, bro, that's not the name of the show. It's the Pretty Daddy Show.
3: On CBS Sports Radio. All
2: right, welcome back to the Pretty Daddy Show. Uh, I'm Bill Ryder and I'm lucky to be here. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get on the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. Tom, do not think you've avoided the magical opportunity, the invitation, nay, the requirement I'm going to hand down to you involving sucker when I'm in New York. But first, we're going to take another phone call or two at 855 212 4CBS. We have gotten on the Cowboys. All of us, people in Arkansas, people in Idaho, people in Pittsburgh, trying to figure out what the hell Jerry Jones is thinking. doesn't mean everybody agrees. Maybe some people people out there. There are people who like the Mike McCarthy decision. Let's hear from some. We like different perspectives. Let's go back to Idaho on 95-3. Patrick's hanging out with us. Patrick, thank you for listening, my man. You're on CBS Sports Radio. I appreciate it. And, you know, Mike McCarthy's a great
4: coach. Dak Prescott's a decent player. And I think this is just a witch hunt. Trying to blame people. I'll be honest. I think they came out, looked at the Packers, and said, "You know what? This is going to be a rollover game. This is. A, I think this was a trap game, and
2: that's what they thought. And there you go. And I think people are just trying to blame somebody or this 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 trap game. I mean, look, dude. I appreciate you. I hear you. Obviously, I, I see it differently. I will say this: like, let's find some common ground with Patrick and those McCarthy believers." That was not an easy game. That's part of the reason I bet on the Packers. That Packers team had been playing really well. And I I know that football is a game that is more complicated than just who's the quarterback and how is he playing. I know that. That is by far the most important factor in the NFL, especially in the playoffs. And, Tom, I'm not sure anybody was playing better football over a five or six or seven-game stretch, under the radar, by the way, than Jordan Love. I mean, that guy was playing flawless flawless football
3: it's not about always who you play it's when you play them i have a really exciting opportunity for you are you ready
2: i love opportunities yeah hit me you and i are best friends yes clearly clearly okay i gotta work through some stuff i've I've been told by one of our callers but still (laughs) our friendship persists um i'm in new york in a week and a half really excited to be there as am i really excited i love coming to the city and I gotta do some work. I gotta go, you know, up and do some TV up in Connecticut. And I'll be at down at the office uh, for for the shows. We're gonna hang out one day. And I'm looking at the old calendar because I put uh, soccer, I put Barcelona matches, soccer matches on my calendar so I can. On Tuesday, the Tuesday on there, Tuesday the thirtieth at three o'clock, is a Barca game. Now I know it's about a. I mean, it's a five minute. It's the one you go like three stops from where we work. There's an amazing soccer bar. I've taken Nick Costos there. We could roll up, we could watch the game together, and then when it's over, you go your separate way to your train. I'll go my separate way to my train. We can experience it together. I'll bring you. I'll bring you a Barca jersey. I'm gonna get a soccer jersey out of this. I mean, no, you don't get to keep it. I'll let you put it on for the game, though. Maybe uh, pull it. That's a win. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can wear. You can get into the and there's gonna be a bunch of other Barcelona fans there, and and I'm gonna be so pissed off. I've never. Here's another thing. I am insanely into this team. It's weird. It's weird because I I didn't even watch soccer three years ago. I love this bar. This bar is like like, like, there's an Irish guy that runs it. It's like low key. It's not fancy. It's got good beer. It's got good food. It's got a lot of TVs. I've never seen Barcelona win a game there.
3: Can (laughs) I go? Can I go there?
2: Honest question. Uh, I'm not in New York that often. I think I've seen. I think they're 0-7 in my time.
3: Yeah, you got to capitalize while you're here. You got to go. There's a few things, though. Should you bring me to this bar knowing that I know absolutely nothing about Barcelona or soccer? Yes. Like, I think I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb.
2: Maybe you'll break the curse. I don't really break curses. I add to curses. So here's what I'm saying. Now, it's going to be a little tricky because I'm going to have to run straight to the train. And since people that I work for on TV listen to the show sometimes— I'm not going to be able to say that I'm busy for any reasonable reason. So people that I work for, I love – thank you for that job too over on the TV side. I can't come to Stanford until about 6.30 because I'm going to be watching soccer with my guy Tommy. 6.30. So we're dedicating like three hours, a little under three three hours? Three to five. And then I got to get to Grand Central, then I got to take the train up to Stanford, then I got to Uber from the train station to the office. Now I'm going home at like peak rush hour now? At five. Yeah, Yeah, that's peak rush hour, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, just you stick around. I don't know. I don't know. All right. I'm going to go watch the game. You should. That's good. I'm happy for you. They don't serve Negronis here. You can't order a Negroni at this place. Oh, you know I really like them, too. It's basically beer only. It's your kind of spot.
3: Yeah, you said this is like an Irish pub, right? It,
2: it, it, is, a, it is a soccer. It's like an Irish pubby sports bar, but it's a soccer bar. I mean, it is like on big soccer days, there, there, there's a line out the door. It is a, this won't be one of those days, but it is a, it is a, it's, a, it's a cool New York experience. Yeah, which when have you ever heard
3: me say I'm looking for a cool New York experience? I'm trying to, I'm just, I'm making it. I invitation. don't evolve, man. It, this is almost three years working with me. I don't apologize. I don't evolve. I am who I am for better or worse, and usually it's worse. I don't want to go to a soccer bar.
2: Can we get our guy back on to psychoanalyze that? Maybe that's the damage. Maybe that's my issue. As is I'm working with a guy, you just said it. You don't evolve. You don't apologize. What else? Uh, for better or worse, I am who I am, and normally it's for the worse. Uh, Lori, in the break, hit me up. My wife and psychoanalyzed you because... She, I think, didn't love that I used the international Winnie the Pooh day to call you Eeyore. But it's okay. I said, my, my my own wife, wife on multiple occasions has called me Eeyore. But I said it's not my fault that Eeyore's grumpy. And Lori goes because I'm not a Winnie the Pooh expert, but she's a librarian. She is. She goes, Bill. She was like really sad, Bill. Eeyore's not grumpy. Eeyore's sad and depressed. Eeyore needs help he was like thanks for noticing me so your inability to evolve your inability to apologize all of these personality traits that i'm trying to help you with that have you know maybe occasionally rarely very 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 infrequently annoyed me this isn't a character flaw by you it's a cry for help and sucker is one of the sort of ropes i'm throwing you to pull you out of this hole oh i know what we're talking about here
3: i, I might be a winnie the pooh expert christopher robin always tries to you know cheer Overrated. you up piglet like yeah, man. Winnie the Pooh
2: overrated.
4: <sighs> Come on,
2: man. I mean, not. I mean, like a little it's a over classic. Yeah. When's the last time you watched it? A pot of honey. I do like honey, actually. You know? When's I the ch- last time you had honey? When's the last time you consumed honey? I don't like honey. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like honey. <laughs> what, what are we talking about here? You don't like honey? No,
3: not at all. I oh, tried I to tra- get my little dude to watch Winnie the Pooh. He he could not get into. It. He didn't like it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's it, honey is it, is kind of nature's miracle
2: it's pretty amazing that bees make it honey is overrated that oh it's so good you know when you're sick when you have a sore throat you can just down honey so that's when I and i and I always think why don't I do this this is really good I had a doctor who thought they were going to cure my pneumonia with uh, lemons and honey you know how that went it went badly I missed 80 days last year because of that advice I was sick for 20 straight weeks the honey didn't work blame you Winnie the Pooh uh let's talk some NFL with Ryan Harris next here on CBS
4: Sports Radio
0: okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better